The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the Iron Islands, where everyone thinks they're safe, all the way to the heart of Winterfell, where everyone thinks they're going to die, this is Casterly Talk. I'm Ked Napsok with the cast of characters you've grown to love here, breaking down, digging in, and just talking about our feelings. During this final season of Game of Thrones, we got episode two, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms, to talk about. I definitely can't and don't want to do it alone, which is why we have brought back tonight Andres Cabrera, Rachel Cushing, and Lon Harris. Hello, team. Hello. <laughs> so many feelings. So I was, I was just going to say, feelings are the word of the day. I was for caught this up in my feelings. Yeah. Perfect concert. Hello. Uh, wow. What's to say? And as we as we like to do, you know, here at Castle Talk, we take our time. This comes out a day or a day and a half later than those shows that rush to get them out, or, or the Watch and Thrones lawn that <laughs> awaits for you to get your notes done. Yeah, uh, it's a leisurely pace. You, Spetzer, <laughs> Michelle Boyd, and Roth Cordette do a great job Thanks. as well great with guy. JT pressing buttons in the booth. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. So it feels t- like it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first the first Watch and Thrones. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I show up, and I go, here's the, like, the, here's the list of the thumb drive of photos of JT's cool. How many? I go, 59. He goes, I was expecting like five. I'm like, not for my game of Thrones. <laughs> we made it much easier on him this yeah. year. It's all screenshots. It's very simple. A lot of fun, but we're here to take our time. And, and as we, we did last week, we're not necessarily going scene by scene. Often it does work out that way. Uh, but we're just talking about the overall feelings, thoughts, and emotions, and, and we're here uh, diving in. So we're going to get some overall thoughts here. Uh, Rachel, I just want to bring you in here for a second. First, uh, uh, as uh, the most venerable book reader on uh, staff, uh, uh, and uh, the end near, how are you feeling just about the story coming even one step closer to ending right now? It's becoming more and more fraught for me, and last night's episode really sort of brought that home in a way because after my first watch, I didn't know what to feel. I mean, I bawled like a baby several times during the episode. There's no denying that. But yeah. it was such an unexpected episode. I, I had wholly different predictions about what was going to happen and how people were going to re- interact and, and plot. And we had so many predictions. And that's the danger of predictions. So it wasn't right. about being disappointed. It was just about processing. And mm. I have to say, I'm kind of glad that we didn't record last night because I needed the second watch today. And oh, really? to really kind of get through a lot of you know, get past the pure emotion and really dive into what Mm. I think the episode was doing. And I have to say, coming out on the other side, I loved this episode. I loved what it did for us. Uh, We can talk about whether it was fan service or not and whether that's a good thing or not. But for me, it was character service. And I think, uh, Ken, off uh, air, you mentioned that when this is all said and done, we come back and we rewatch this season. This episode and next week's episode is going to be one hell of a one-two punch. Um, I think it's like a part one, part two yeah. situation. And um, I, yeah, I, I just once I got to the core of it, I think this yeah. was a really great episode. Yeah, it's uh, it's always interesting uh, in this game, this pundit game. There, even even amongst friends, Jennifer Landa, Joseph Scrimshaw, and I will go see a Star Wars TV show or movie or something or a book, and there's always this moment of when we put our cards on the table. Because it's yeah. a weird time to be like uh, one way or another or or to have thoughts. What you just said, too. I needed my thoughts. Yeah. I needed to gather through it. Uh, I think this is one of my all-time favorite episodes. Uh, so with that pressure, Ace, where are you on this? <laughs> 
I mean, it, it's. I, I said it to to my roommate. I think this was one of the weirdest episodes mm. of Game of Thrones. And I don't think weird is bad. I no. think our first uh, conclusion is to say that's bad, but it's not. I just think I've never. I think it was the point during the fireplace scene where I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what show is this? Because when Tyrion was like, hey, Davos, come here, man, torment. Let me pour a cup <laughs> for you, bro. Like, I was like, the freaking Podrick singing karaoke. Like, I was like, this yeah. is a house party, man. What yeah. is going on? Um, it was definitely an odd episode, but I think... I really do feel like they've earned an episode like this Yeah, yeah. for our connection to these characters. I mean, they can't get away with this kind of episode in maybe a season one or two, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is the kind of episode, Rachel just said it, where we're going to look back from episode three and be like, oh, mm-hmm. man, <laughs> what an episode, because it really is kind of. I, I said it once again to my roommate, Deathly Hollows part one kind of situation yes. where it's... Uh, yeah. it, you, I said I made this exact yeah, same comparison. And Deathly Hollows part one is a great movie. Um, so I really do feel like we're going to look back at this episode as a one-two combination for an episode three, which is going to destroy our hearts. It is. And it, there's some uh, great, great bit of um, knowledge and insight you put in there uh, of this, like, they couldn't have done this early on. Mm. And I think this this episode was the product of seven seasons of investment, of loss, of pain, of your favorite characters dying, of your favorite characters struggling to come to this. Uh, and I actually like that you described it weird because it was, was weird. I was rewatching it. I, I told Rachel when she showed up here, I'm, I feel vastly underprepared. I've only watched it two and a quarter times. My God, you uh, slacker. I know. What are you doing? Um, the oh, second twice. Uh, well, you, you know, I get obsessive. Like I got a four pack, I get four times so I can get my notes. And I, and I have, you know, not detailed notes, but that Davos moment when he walks in, he's like, oh, I'm just looking for the fire. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> this is just, was it fun? Was it a fun day for yeah. the cast? For yeah. the cast to all to be in the It, it must room. have been. I mean, there, yeah. there is, if you watch some of the behind the scenes from this week, there is some stuff of the cast members who'd never gotten to be right. a, together. Talk about it, like, uh, Sophie Turner was talking about how she was like fangirling out when she finally got to do like a real one-on-one her and Daenerys. Scene. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like we've really never seen these two characters just on their own interacting. So there were a lot yeah. of moments like that. It must have been fun to film. I it mean, had to be in all mixing it up, sort of to get like how, you know, Tormund hasn't gotten to really meet a lot of people who aren't from the north and right. never met a wildling before. Oh, uh, the, the conversation with Jamie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know, weird. Weird definitely applies. Weird in, the, in, in a I good way. Yeah. Deathly Hollows. Uh, Rachel had reactions that you needed to process yeah. and that's valuable. I right from the beginning, I just had that look on my face like I am a nerd and I love everything about <laughs> this lawn final overall thoughts from there's you. We'll dive a, in. Usually with a Game of Thrones episode, I, there's always a pivotal information dump scene. That's mm-hmm. one of the last scenes. It's not always the last scene, but it's like one of the, the last three scenes mm-hmm. you get like a bunch of information that's crucial stuff. You've been waiting for stuff you needed to know. Right. In, in this episode, there was a scene where they're all around the map of Winterfell, sort mm-hmm. of the battle plans, and Bran just kind of comes out and says, here's what the Night King wants, and here's here's how I'm involved. And right. that felt to me like I was like looking at my phone, like, is this the end of the episode? Because mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it was so much information. It was so crucial yeah. that it that's what felt weird to me was like, we got that all out of the way right away yeah. so that we could just indulge in scenes of these characters on their last night before they think they're all going to die. I, yeah, I thought it was totally delightful. I could have spent three hours watching 
just oh, the yeah. fireplace bit I, and I, Arya yeah. and Gendry and I love the Mormon reunion and then yeah. Sam and yeah. Jorah like those th- it's so meaningful if you and you know I got I got into trouble on Twitter this morning because I was writing like the, if, the adventures of Lon on Twitter are, are a good reality <laughs> I, show I, sometimes I'm very nice in person so that's my opportunity <laughs> to be outspoken but um like, like I was saying I don't really see obviously everybody's entitled to their own opinion everybody mm-hmm. has their own take but it, going through eight seasons of this show, seven and a half now, uh, there was so much going on. It was so much payoff. If you've been following all of these characters and their individual narratives and stories, I mean, I didn't even mention Brienne and Jamie. Mm. There were so many Arya and Beric and the Hound. I, I, it was it was just a, a nonstop feast for yeah. for the senses. You know, like if you're a Game of Thrones fan, this is like everything mm. you've wanted. Yeah, and going back to Andres's point, like yeah, this is earned earned uh, as. You know, uh, a weird beat as it was, as you say, and I'm not harping on that word. I just, I actually think that's really true. It was a different episode. My, uh, a friend of mine on Facebook described, just joked, put out, he said, that's the, the best bottle episode of all time right. in television. <laughs> They had stuck there, but uh, well, they I, can't really do bottle episodes on Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah. But Tyrion comes about as close to saying it is, and like, well, we're stuck, stuck in, in a castle, <laughs> can't go anywhere. Tell me your, tell yeah. me. Your ta- I, I know we're not there yet. Yeah. I, I really wish we got some follow-up on that. Like, did he tell Tyrion uh, the whole story? Oh, that's a question I have. I'm like, how much? This is what this show does. How yeah. many times do they cut away from a conversation happening? Yeah. I mean, last week when, mm-hmm. you know, John and Sansa having the conversation of, and she asks about, you know, did you choose to bend the knee to Danny because you love her or because it was the right thing for the North. Cut away. Yeah. I assume that conversation kept happening. And that's happened multiple times yeah. in the show's history. So that didn't surprise me, but it's got to play a part. Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> I like so. yeah, Tyrion now having all this information about yeah. what Bran has been through and yeah. seen, it got to have some future connection. Yeah, there's a lot about Bran I, I want to dive into. Before sure. we start really diving... I didn't mean to jump No, no, I, no, this is what we do, and I love it. It leads out of t- thoughts yeah. here. Uh, the idea of fan service, you, you mentioned it, Rachel, and, and that, that, that gets brought up a lot, especially yeah. in the Star Wars world, mm-hmm. where, you know, how dare you put a spaceship I recognize, and that's <laughs> bad fans are just nostalgia, and sometimes it can be, though. Sure. Sometimes it can be pandering. Uh, this I've heard that term for this specific episode, is it? Do we think it, that's correct? And do we think it's it's a it's a good thing to mm-hmm. have uh, kind of what you described, Andres, where they couldn't have done this in season one or two? Oh, you're talking to an anime fan. Yeah, fan service is all anime. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anime exists to service fans. See, um, I, I I was saying this as well. That this is um, it was the most. It was also a very anime episode because I did feel like this is something that's some semi self aware of of what connection the audience has to these characters but also like rachel said building character and and building character interaction and it's it's a necessity to realize it's it's crazy how much we can get out of conversation and it's a necessity to see these characters have those conversations is kind of how i felt and and again as someone who is an anime fan and who has and i've always said what makes anime great is not what uh, you know hollywood adaptations want to get from it which is spectacle what it makes anime great is characters and that's mm-hmm. always what's going to make anime great and what makes game of thrones great is characters and and what we want the most is to have character interactions and yes it, it was i mean i, I guess I, I still feel like that's a strong word it's fan service but it's still right. very much catered towards we know who these characters are we have these connections towards them so we know yeah. what we can do with them 
versus, like I said before, someone who's new to Game of Thrones. It's very, another, I said Deathly Hall is part one. Another example, Infinity War. It's very Infinity War. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of people complained, even my buddy RB3, about how if someone watches Infinity War, they don't get it. They're like, what is this? It sure. has to be a Marvel fan. Mm-hmm. who's been following at least a few of these movies to get something out of Infinity War. If you watch Infinity War, you're going to be like, what is this crazy right, right. African war? But if you if you have a connection to these characters and follow these MCU films and, and do the, the the homework you're supposed to do, it's it's inc- it's a very much it's an incredible work of you know, film that we get from Infinity War and a Deathly Hollows and what we just got from Game of Thrones. This mm. is all the perfect examples that I can think of. I mean, when I hear the term fan service, I sort of think that that's that's all it's doing. It's mm. not in service mm. of the story. It's mm. not in service of the characters. It's purely there to give fans more of the stuff that they like. Yeah. And to me, you know, there are there have been times, I think, you could argue Game of Thrones has sort of done that. Like, mm-hmm. where there's a scene that doesn't really do anything other than, like, it's the hound being the hound. Like, sure. give me the chickens. You know, like, there are, there are <laughs> moments I think you could pick for a lot of the right. fan favorite characters where there was a scene that was just fun. That it was yeah. just there to be the Tyrion drinking and making cracking wise at people. Or right, right. Uh, Littlefinger cowering in the corner of Winterfell in the shadows, like with a maniacal grin. But I don't think that's what was happening a lot of mm-hmm. last night because it was all moving the car. It was character development, not fan service. S- service like, of the story. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. serving the story. And I mean, this is the last night a lot of these characters are going to live. Yeah. It was instilling with us that idea of that that deep sense of dread and foreboding of what's right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I mean, like, you could say that the three surviving members of the Night's Watch getting back together, like, that delights the fans. Yeah. But there's a reason that that scene is in there. It's not just there to be like, people are going to want to see Ed say hi to John. Right. No, and, and, and you know, I love that moment. That's a good example of, of them, you know, Dollar said, uh, uh, John and, and Sam sitting there going, remember where we started? Because then I'm like, yeah, and I'm going down that and I love it, but it serves the story. And I think you really, you know, talked about the spectacle is not what actually works. Um, and I think at times I, I will say even more than I sometimes would care to admit season seven had more spectacle than it had character stuff. Right. Uh, I, I totally have come around on that. And, and you, you've you've had faith with me, uh, kept faith in me, Andres, to, to come to that point. I, I see that now more than I did then. And. Uh, this is all uh, character. Maybe Rachel to close this little fan service conversation. Maybe we need to form the term story service, a positive <laughs> use of the story to delight us all. Yeah, it's too bad that there is a negative connotation to fan service because I think that it's a broader thing, like Lon was describing, than you know the way the term has been thrown around today for this uh, episode and, and and for other things like Star Wars and whatnot. But um, but yeah, I think Ace hit the nail on the head in the sense of what Game of Thrones has done within the fantasy genre, but also within the television genre, is balance character and spectacle in a way that I honestly can't think of another show that has because mm-hmm. its set pieces are better than half the movies out there. Yeah, yeah I don't, Yet, I don't think there is another example yeah, from right. TV history. So, so it's, again, this is something I, I mentioned weeks ago. It's like Game of Thrones threw out the playbook mm-hmm. a long time ago, and they have managed to do something that hasn't been done before. So, like, I kind of expect hiccups here and there, and it's not always going to be perfect, and it's going to mm-hmm. go its own way and do its thing. And I don't think I can judge for sure if this was a purely fan service episode 
just to use the term because we're using it, yeah. without knowing what comes next. Because I think what a lot of the fans are saying uh, mm. with it is that like they could have forwarded the plot more. More mm. things could have quote-unquote happened. I argue plenty of things happened, but not in the way that these particular fans wanted it to happen. I think most of that's going to happen next episode, and then we have three more after that. So, like, I don't think it's... It's just too early to say that if they if they wasted precious minutes of this show on these kinds of scenes instead of this ethereal something else, something plot, something, something. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see. But, uh, you know, I think it's... To reward fans, but also further these characters, like you said, Ken, you know, this was a little bit of a stop and look at how far we've come episode. There are so many examples. I mean, characters actually saying that Jamie and Tyrion several times of, you know, uh, you're not the golden lion, the lion anymore. I'm not the whoremonger that I was. And we Mm. could never go back to that. And I'm like, that's, I think, an important, pertinent thing to remind us of. Yeah, the perils of self-betterment. Loved it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and and as we start to dive into the beats here, I mean, we're 20 minutes into Casually Talk, and we haven't even started talking about the show. That's how much we (laughs) love this episode of Love. But yeah, uh, to me, this the overall point, this is... I often say in life, you, you you look back and you realize the journey that got you here and mm-hmm. you didn't know it at the time, right? Yeah. You know, so how I ended up at Screen Junkies after 17 years of trying to leave my job and I look back and it all worked out because I met Lon. You know, you look back and you go, <laughs> it was true. meant to happen. This episode is the one because from here on out, everything changes. The last four episodes, nothing will be the same. Uh, now you look back and you look back on seven years and everything. Theon standing for Winterfell, oh. how that journey came. Bri- uh, Jamie, you know, wanting to serve Brienne and then knighting her. Where you go, to where that story started. Any uh, the things you do for love, where that started. This I, is the point where I look back and go, here's how we got here, and now we're, we know why because this is the battle, the war for 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 dawn, the dawn. This is the the, the, the long night uh, return, and this is everything. Mm-hmm. Going back, I, you know what popped in my brain is is uh, uh, Asha, uh, uh, not, uh, uh, Osha. Osha. Uh, I did what you did, you Yara, did. Asha, <laughs> Osha, saying, uh, you know, to to Mister Lewin, you know, they're marching the wrong way. They need to go. We've been waiting for this from thirty seconds into the show, and it's finally here. We look back and go, here's how we got it. So I think that's a great point point to dive in because jamie got here on this jamie (laughs) got here he stood trial Uh, we'll put quotations around trial mini trial (laughs) mini trial uh let's start there man what do you where are you coming in on i love jamie lannister my god what what a character turn how far he has come i i mean i i don't part of me i was thinking about it on the drive here part of me was wondering I know we needed this interaction between Danny and and Jamie. It's the right. whole like you killed my father thing, but I, I still go yeah. back to the fact that like it's it's a pretty well known fact that it's the Mad King, right? Um, but I forgave that because of Brienne. And again, you're talking to the biggest Jamie and Brienne shipper yeah, yeah, on yeah. the planet. I'm captaining that ship. Um, <laughs> it is the uh, SS. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm, yeah. on, I'm the captain of that ship. Um, but that's kind of why I really did like this moment because we do see someone like a, uh, someone like a Jamie who's known the King Solari, the most dishonorable man in mm-hmm. Westeros, mm-hmm. being vouched for from the most honorable person we know in Westeros. Um, and that dynamic mm-hmm. and that interaction and that relationship that we have from Jamie and Brienne is is perfect for lack of a better word because. Yeah. 
and and her and her vouching for him in that moment, and Sansa just being like, "All right, mic drop." Yeah, she believes him. I'm cool. Let's do it. Trial's over. And Sansa kind of just called it there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, think, yeah, that's six that seasons of Brienne earning that on. Yeah. That's six seasons of her journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. There, there's a couple really interesting. There's so much you pick apart of that scene. But the two really interesting things. I think one, the dynamic clearly was that she may not have been running the meeting and she may not have had the most titles of anybody at the meeting. Right. But Sansa was the real power in that meeting. She was the yep. one who decides, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're talking about. It's over. I've made a decision, and the the real the subtle use of power by Sats, I think, was definitely something we were supposed to notice. The yeah. other thing I think is really fascinating, if you think about it, and I think this was a theme running through the whole episode was characters learning. The, the, everybody started this show obsessed with family. It's about mm-hmm. your house. It's about your family. It's about blood. We hear Tywin Lannister in our head over and over again. That's right. what matters. Uh, and I think a lot of characters have been on a journey of getting away from that, that it's mm-hmm. our shared humanity. Right. It's the bonds that we make with all these other people that matter yeah. less. So obviously Jamie getting right. away from Cersei's my whole world and my everything to, I have to be my own person. Mm-hmm. I have to have honor. And, and Daenerys has been on that track too, that she started very much still under Viserys's control. Right. And we've got to retake the iron throne and family and legacy. And she's been on her journey as well of discovering like, it's really more about your actions here and what kind of a queen I want to be. But then she takes this strong turn in the last few weeks, especially this week, yeah, uh, where she's sort of right back. I mean, the episode opens with her literally quoting Viserys. When was the yeah. last time you even heard her mention his oh, name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's opening, my brother used to tell me of what we were going to do to you when we got the Iron Throwback. So it's a really fascinating. I think that's been that's been very isolating for her. And I think mm. that's what we saw this whole episode yeah. was – all these oh, other yeah. characters are kind of coming together like shared fate. We're all in this together. Let's throw it together. But Daenerys yeah. is unwilling to make that leap that Jamie's made and say, you know what? Forget family. We got to yeah. win this war. She even, uh, there's one moment where she was talking to Sansa that I think was really crucial where she's, she's still, she's trying to make peace with Sansa. She's like, look, yeah. I left behind all of my ambition. I wanted to be queen. I've left that all behind to come fight John's, John's war. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's still John's war. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it could yeah. end the whole world, you still don't really see this as your fight. This is like, I'm going to help my boyfriend out with his thing. And then, and then I'll we'll, go win the throne. And then we'll go do my thing. Yeah. And that's still very much the second half it's, of that. It's a great thing. Uh, Rachel, Jamie standing before everybody. Uh, it, it so harkens back to episode one, season one, and just how far we've come. And, and, and I think it, it, his growth his growth has been one of the best ones, one of the most rewarding ones. Yeah, I have to say that one of the things this episode did was really allow Jamie to come full circle, which scares the shit out of me. (laughs) Because I'm like, he was he was given the his moment here, you know, to declare for the other side, to declare against his Lannister name and family, and and to to you know say I'm here to fight for the living, to echo Bran's words to him when they left the brag dragon pit last season right. that those are the words he says to Danny as to why he's giving up his family now, right after saying that he would do everything that he'd done again, because he was fighting for his family in the war at that time. Yeah. It even alluded to, I mean, because Sansa for a split second agrees with Danny about, 
what Jamie's done in his list of grievances. And one of the things was um, going after Ned in the streets of King Landing. Rest in peace, Jory Cassell. It was the closest they (laughs) came to like acknowledging that he murdered Jory. Um, You know, just as as one of the long list of things. So it's just sort of an interesting dynamic. um, And then to see him humble himself to the point of agreeing to or asking Bran to serve under her and then to, to knight her. Like he has... This is the most full circle character we have that yeah. started in one place and has now completed the circle, yeah. which just in normal storytelling and with a big battle coming, you're just like, oh man, I'm so scared for you. And now knowing <laughs> that he and Brienne will be fighting side, side by side, side there's yeah. a lot of potential for, for a dramatic. For, for something I, that Ace has been talking about for a yeah. couple of weeks of like one watching the other one die and then God <gasps> forbid come back as a white and then the other one has to, I'm like, Did there's we find so out? much dramatic potential. I feel potential. like they kind of spoiled that this episode where they're like, yep, that's going to happen. <laughs> well, the, 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 it's it's going to have to happen. Well, yeah. it's going to happen to at least a handful of people. I mean, yeah. Ed, yeah. Uh, Ed says to John and Sam, like, whoever's the last one burn. standing, you better burn the other yeah. too. Yeah. Like, completely acknowledging yeah, sure. this is a possibility. I, I love this episode said, Hey, I remember where uh, all your favorite characters have a great speech before they die. Every Everybody one gets one. <laughs> it's it's like a it's like a the Simpsons who shot Mr. Burns here. You yeah. got twenty two candidates. <laughs> right. They, the they definitely here. gave every character at least one moment that they would usually reserve for someone yeah. who's on their way out. Like Grey Worm saying oh, goodbye no. to Miss Andy. Oh, and making post war yeah, plans. No, Don't like, make uh, post war plans. I, I like thought about you, Andre Come on, you gotta seat. think about me. Yeah, I'd be I'd be hurt if you didn't think about me. Because <laughs> you Grey never want to make the plan. Like that was totally like the moment in the movie where they're like I just need one I'm, more score and then I'm <laughs> off to Costa Rica. So but doesn't that mean though? Like, don't you feel like because so many of them had that, that even the Aria no, like sleeping Worm with somebody? No, but Grey Worm was the most atrocious. Why did it get you? Why because did, why it was. Did it get you? I mean, Lon just said it. He's like, "We're gonna go away to your beautiful island it's and we'll make love movie, forever." And the one guy every in the day. getaway who's not gonna make it. I mean, yeah. Grey Worm. Honestly, Jamie is my favorite character, but I really have a close second Grey Worm, and sure. I know he's the character that has said the least literally said sure. the least and sure. yet i really connect to gray worm not just because and i gotta say it as someone who connected with Oberyn and was very hurt by the fact that they killed off one of the only poc characters on the show but yes because he is a poc character i connect mm. to gray worm because he is black and because he is not just what we usually see on the show i really do feel like gray worm is a great character yeah. he has great potential he has shown um his growth as well and and i really am hurt by the fact yeah. that they just murdered him to this episode keep the faith on no, every character that, that's sure. my point uh, but his was the most Ra- like rachel, yeah. rachel's trying to comfort her you gotta listen and, to rachel and believe man. me like i've been doing this for weeks yeah ace and and i realize that i'm probably wrong yeah but at this point like i feel like they gave so many characters that moment sure. that every every scene that like that happened i was like oh now they're gonna die oh well well yes. she, she yeah. just slept with like a guy the yeah, night but that's yeah. a horror movie trope you, you, sure, you know sure. what I mean like there was so many of those things right. that maybe there I, I just want to believe that especially because this is Brian Cogman who wrote yeah. this episode he's mm. wrote most mm. of the best episodes in the series and I think that the David and Dan and Brian and the other guys are aware of what we're doing aware of mm. what the fans are doing yes every so. detail going that person, you know, had a tearful goodbye. They must die. Wait a minute. That's a normal TV show and movie trope. So will they twist it? And so I right. think they gave so many moments mm-hmm. to make us go, any one of these could happen. So 
after we don't know after all. Are you convinced? Uh, I don't know. No, but <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm sorry. But but at the same time, I really everything you just said really makes me fear for the one character that I really think the episode was named after this character. I know, and that is a Knight yeah. of the Seven Kingdoms, Brienne of Tarth. I was like, oh my god, this is Brienne's episode. She Are we going to see her die? More than anything <laughs> How else in heartbreaking the world. would it be yeah. if we just saw this incredible moment for Brienne of her crying and smile? We've smile. never seen never her seen smile. smile. Yeah, smiling. I, know. I was like, I was oh my dying. god, that literally lit up my life. Yes. You, you as a Jamie Brienne shipper, I want to, I want to <laughs> run this by because I have felt too like the, the show has been really giving you those two characters. Like we want to see these two get together. Yes. They, they make sense. But it wasn't Jamie who was the one that was like, you know what would really mean something Tormund. for Brienne? It would be for her to be a knight. It was Tormund. So. And if you look at who, and if you look <laughs> so. at when the when the moment actually happens, who's happier for her? <laughs> he starts her success on Twitter. Jamie's, stop, stop. Jamie's You're almost like, all right, we'll knight you. Whereas no. Tormund is like grinning. This Tormund and Brienne stuff needs no, to stop. It's, stop. It's not, it's not even. But the, but that. That was brilliant, though, because it's not about Mormon and Brand being in a relationship, but it, sure, what it sure. was. Did anybody else get the sense of those that that six? Right. So the six of them, it's Jamie, it's Tyrion, Podrick. it's Davos, Podrick, Brienne and Tormund. Mm-hmm. Talk about a group of misfits, mm. yes. people who represent, you know, uh, lower classes who have done, you know, uh, 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 he's, a yeah, a smuggler. he's a smuggler. He's a he's a wildling. Tyrion's a yeah. dwarf. She's a woman who wants to be a knight. Jamie's a fallen knight. Yeah. Like King's Patrick's yeah. dad. Pot- I mean, it it's such a, a motley crew. And the fact that, and then you think about like our other survivors and the other characters we still have in, in the Theon and Sansa and people like that's who's made it this far, and they're representing they're more representative of the world than the the elite and the noble right. characters oh, that yeah. for the most part we we followed and for them to come together in a ceremony like that just made all the more sense to me and torment in it what is so brilliant is that the wildlings are pretty brutal pretty out there you can kind of understand like some of the stuff that they do and say and, and are, are just you know a little a little extreme yeah but at the same time, he's like, what? A woman can't be a knight? And she's like, yeah, tradition. He's like, fuck tradition. I'm yeah. like, yes, yeah. thank you. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, and he's so, like, honest about it. He's, yeah. he, he really can't fathom why you yeah. people who are oh, supposedly so, so much, you know, better educated yeah. and, and more elite than I am, I can't see the basic fact that this should not be about whether you're right. a man or a woman. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, we're riling up uh, Andres here about Tormund, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I, I don't... It's not I don't, about the relationship. I don't, yeah. I don't think they don't necessarily are like the one true. true pairing who need to end up together, but it, I, I did think it was interesting that even though it's been played purely comic so far, that he just has like the hots for because he likes big women... Uh, yeah. I, I really like he, he there was something he, more genuine. Yes, there. Yeah. he does sort oh, of yeah. understand sure. her. There is some real, there is something real connection. We'll but her face but out, I yeah. really do feel, and, and and it's it's an interesting point what you're saying, Rachel, because it is this this kind of John and Danny and these major characters with huge last names. But the fact that the person that everyone's talking about the most is Brienne of Tarth, a character that that yeah. that doesn't 
is a, is technically a side character, and yep. yet we feel the most for this yeah. character. She is the most honorable character in the show, and we feel the most for her yeah. in that moment. And I think that's just incredible. Uh, you know, it was, it was it was without a doubt one of the most powerful moments in the history of the show because uh, it was earned. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, her standing for Jamie carried weight with Sansa and Elon. You're so right. Sansa's the one like meeting adjourned. By the way, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and Sansa yeah. does not necessarily listen to anybody's advice. Like, oh, you should yeah. trust this guy. Her own brother, John, showed up and was like, no, listen, my girlfriend's super cool. You should totally trust her. Yeah. And Sansa's like, uh, yeah. you're a man. You could be dissuaded. But, but when Brienne, Brienne says something, yeah. she's like, yes, I believe you. And I think that that's what makes it even more powerful of her knighting. Uh, and I, it's funny. I, I, the title's definitely her. I also it's wonder. It's also about Jamie. It's also about Jamie, yeah. which, sure. which means. Which are my two favorites. You, one, one or two. <laughs> which means you're doubly Isn't it also about Duncan A? It's also about. Also about Dunk and Egg. <laughs> it's also about Sir Braun of the Blackwater. He, yeah, he was yeah. supposed to show up at the end. Uh, I think Jamie has a little bit of plot armor still left on him. He one hundred percent does. Yeah, um, to the point that, but I can say even more, but I won't. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. We, we got spoilers. No, yeah, I, I just spoilers. think Jamie's not dying. Let's just say that. Well, I, feels... I really feel like we were picking which one, Brienne or Jamie. I think we've officially picked there... Brienne. <laughs> It feels like the Cersei Bronn, like sending that storyline, kind of spoiled. You're 100 percent right. That storyline of Bronn killing, yeah. it kind of spoiled that he's not. Well, die. here's what I was gonna say. I feel like you could still kill one or the other sure. Lannister. I feel like you could kill Tyrion, and that would still apply to Jaime, or vice versa. But Tyrion's gonna be in the crypts yeah. next week. We can talk about the crypts in a bit. Yeah. I think when we, we'll start I feel, towards, I feel like Jamie's safe. Start looking towards the next week. I, I want to stick with Jamie, though, because I think it branches out to different conversations. And again, we're, we're, we don't go scene by scene here in Castle Talk. We go where our hearts lead us. <laughs> and where I'm being led at right now is Jamie. He has, he has a couple great scenes with Tyrion and a couple what I thought were great scenes with Bran. And I think, I'll tell you what, mm. I think Bran gets a lot of crap. And I understand some of his story wasn't my favorite. <laughs> it's, it's not my favorite. It's just boring at times. I'll say it like season four. There was a time she was like, just get to the tree, kid. Just get to the tree. <laughs> but I, I love him right now in season eight. I just love him well, because I, I think he's he's just he, I a, he has so much to, I want to know. I have, a, I have a question, actually. Yeah. So there was talk when Bran was studying under Max von Sydow slash Three-Eyed yeah. Raven. There was discussion during that time that it was supposed to be a gradual learning process, right. but they ran yeah. out of time. Yeah. And so it's basically like, I'm going to just... Up and I was just going <laughs> to say, he done messed up. I'm going to just <laughs> dump, download all yeah, yeah. the... Mem- is that what screwed up Bran to the point that he is screwed up? Are we supposed to understand ah. that he wasn't... Maybe just becoming the Three-Eyed Raven wasn't going to put him in this place where he could no longer relate to another human being, right. but it was being flooded wow. with memories all at once. I, I like that. I like I that interpretation. I, really yeah. do. I don't think they've they haven't fully really ex- fully explained it one way we'll or the other. Um, um, I like that headcanon because we talk a lot about, you know, Max von Sydow taking over the role of the Three-Eyed Raven and, uh, you know, to me, that's the Blood Raven. To me, that is they don't go into it on the show. Yeah, I was going to say Brennan Rivers. Yeah, it, it is. And I know I know it, it's not the same. Necess- you know, mm-hmm. we, they don't talk about it. Um, but he is more 
aware of it when you when you when you meet him even the the other guy that played him the first time and you will fly like he doesn't seem like he's like i'm not a person you know he he, he does seem to be very it seems like you yeah. feel like if he were in a scenario where he mm. had to be around other people he wouldn't freak him out like this <laughs> yeah <laughs> whereas bran is doing absolutely nothing for anyone he's yeah. not trying at all to not freak people out or be yeah. weird oh yeah which I, which and i and i love i love the moment of the things we do for love and when jamie looks at him and then the other moment of like what makes you think we're good right there. that's yeah. the jamie's moment. like who are you i <laughs> right. really love what's going on with that but i think he's there and it's so weird because he's there enough to be like very aware of what happened with jamie and i love that conversation that they have i don't know there's something about it i like he he is freaking everyone out and and i wonder what he knows i wonder what he does actually know right is it like is- yoda warning luke always in emot- most in the emot- motion in the future is we uh we talked yeah. a little about Infinity War. The yes. more I, I'm almost feeling like Bran has a little Doctor Strange time stone sure. thing going on. Like mm-hmm. he can see events coming before they happen, but he doesn't necessarily know if this is the future. If this is one of I like that. millions of possible futures, this is again I'm I'm adding this, but he seems to have vague notions about what's coming, but not being able to be like, oh no, the Night King's going to go here, so we should do yeah. this. He doesn't have that kind of foresight. Yeah, I would agree with that. He I just has to like, oh, I think he's probably wants me, Could and we be. should maybe he do knows this. something. He doesn't yeah. know all the information, Rachel. Yeah, I think that, and that's how you get around all of the issues of having a a, a walking encyclopedia or Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if he downloaded it all in such a way that was contrary to how he would have learned it and it's the, it's, it's overwhelming. It's too much. It's, he gets flashes and he doesn't understand what he's seeing Mm -hmm. half the time. So like something like he understood that, Rhaegar and Lyanna were John's parents, but he did not pick up on the detail that they had been married. Mm-hmm. Sam right. had to right. tell him that, and then he right. had to like go search for that memory right. in mm-hmm. that web of of images that are going on in his head. And I bet it's hard to also then process, you know, what he's seeing. Is it the future? Is it the past? Is right. it a possible future? Like, I, I buy that idea that to him it's a scramble in his brain, yeah. and he's mm-hmm. trying to pick out the important pieces that he needs to defeat the Night King. And I love that conversation he has mm-hmm. with Bran because Jamie's like, you could have told them, and if you had, they would have killed me. Like, right. you admitting that you, uh, or you outing me as the person who pushed you out the window, Sansa would have been like, sorry, Bran, he's gone. Like, right, 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 but yeah, he, yeah. But he didn't, and his excuse was, or in his explanation was, uh, you are no good to me in yeah. the fight that's coming. So I do yes. think he's got you know, like chess pieces in his head of certain things going certain ways in this upcoming battle. And that's why I liked his interaction in that, you know, uh, big council war room yeah. scene. That, yeah, uh, he's got had. something going on there. Yeah, I, I like also, that. I kind of want to, you know, lean this conversation kind of towards what we find out the Night King is after, which I guess Let, is let's, just... Let's do it. because The yeah. Night King hates yeah. books because <laughs> he wants to destroy history. Well, that's kind of what it is, right? He yeah. kind of wants to destroy the history of Westeros, and he knows yeah. Bran is that history. And Sam kind of brings context to it, where yeah. he's like, you know, he wants death, but Sam's like, oh, you mean he wants the death of you, which means he wants the death of history, which right. means he wants the death of like all men in Westeros. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I, I don't know. I want to hear. I, I don't know what you guys it, thought of that. It's one of the key parts, and, and you had yeah. you, you hinted at alone. I, I, I no, think when I, we saw the scene, I was like, this is it. Like, yeah. this is what yeah. we've been waiting I, for. I, this is the Night King's it re- goal. It really is part of that goal. I think it's incomplete to a certain degree. Um, we got a little bit of what is it, Cogman last week saying the the spiral, the burns. It's kind of the Night King's way of taunting. taunting. Um, so he's angry. 
He's angry. He's an angry young man or old man. Um, so I thought that was, I thought that was really big information yeah. that could could be glossed over. No, he'll, he's coming for me. Yeah, huh? I mean, I, my big question is: is that is that poetic? Mm. Like death would be forgetting, and like yeah, yeah. the act yeah. of the world forgetting would be like everything dying, or is it like no, no? If the Night King kills Bran. Everybody dies. I, I think it's like mm. they oh, win. Is it, is it literal? Yeah, like, oh, I, I think. We're, it well, it's, I don't think it's one extreme or the other. It's probably right, yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah. in the middle. But it's fascinating that we don't really have a sense for what will. Like, I don't feel like we yet know what happens if the Night King and Bran meet. Like, mm. well, right. what? Well, it, it's the the gatekeeper and the keymaster. Like, yeah, what? what a, <laughs> we need to yeah. get these two together. Yeah. yeah, beneath the gods would uh, hearts tree. Yeah, I think it's an interesting uh, commentary on on just kind of medieval fantasy and, and the story of storytelling. Right, mm-hmm. the, the the whole concept of of telling some verbally telling stories versus you know written stories versus right, right, right. who's the source and who says it. Like we even get that at the end of the episode with Danny being like your brother and your best friend. Like who's this source coming from? Like all that commentary and even i, I want to be even more meta as what we're seeing now mm. in our country and in our world of like yeah. fake news and who's your source and i'm not <laughs> not my tr- my president it would have been great if danny um, was like fake news <laughs> <laughs> but but that kind of is what she you know yeah, essentially yeah, yeah, said sure. again and, and i kind of it, it is a kind of commentary as mm. far as like yeah. if we if this is our only source of technology that can record history, you know, right. for putting it in, in our terms, if we can destroy that, we can control, you know, the narrative or we can just disbelieve storytelling altogether. Cause we right. see the age of heroes. Yeah. We, we know of other stories, but we don't necessarily have it without someone like right. a brand. It's just tricky because I guess it's a little confusing or it was for I me. Think it's meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah definitely. I, think I feel like I just confused it, myself. Oh no, no, for sure. No, no, no. No. It's, you can kind of talk in circles with it because it's an ambiguous concept. Like right. we're fighting death and it's not even just mentioned in this scene. It's yeah, Arya it's mentioned Arya it too with Gendry. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's an ambiguous way to explain your foe. And I think there's been a lot of like wondering if he had more concrete motivations and did it tie into how he was created in the first place and revenge against the, the, the children and, and, and whatnot. But to me, it ties into what you said at the beginning of our podcast, Juan, it's um, all of these characters learning that fighting for your family is not what's important right now. It's fighting for humanity. Yeah. And so I think this is a commentary on humanity because in yeah. part of Sam's quote, he's like, memories are what make us human. And, and if we didn't have that, we would just be animals. Right. And so like what makes us human is the thing that they should be bringing them all together and to fight for that humanity. And one of the aspects of that is their ability to have memories, to pass down memories, to pass down stories, to theoretically mm. learn from mistakes in the past and things of that nature. That's the human way of, uh, of uh, living mm. on in yeah. memory and in legacy and things like that. So, I mean, you can, we could talk like this about this for over hours. And, over and, over. Yeah, and yeah. I well, think that that was deliberate on their part. I think we some more information. We'll see. Maybe the Night King shows up and is like, hey, I just want Bran. But, <laughs> but it's interesting that, that that would sort of seem to place Bran in this hugely important role. That mm-hmm. he's the world's memory. Yeah. And yet, 
most characters don't even really seem aware of what he can do or a little dismissive of it. It doesn't seem like he's fulfilling a role of being the world's memory right now. I would agree. Like, what is the world without him? Right. We don't know. That's exactly but, what my question is going to be. It's yeah. like, well, but so if Bran were removed... Yeah. What that? What does that do? We don't yeah. know what the world without a three-eyed raven would be. There was one, and now yeah. Bran replaced. There was him. several. If you if you listen to yeah. the oh, way yeah, that yeah, he that talks a, about, I, he's trying to kill yes. several three-eyed yes. ravens in the past, and like so, so yeah. clearly he's tied into like a sort of unknown history of right. humanity that yeah. we're not aware of. But it, it's a very good question of like, like part of me was wondering if. He goes after Bran. Can Bran transfer the three-eyed ravenness to somebody else? Uh, I feel like you need to be born with the sight, though, right? Isn't or that, being why, a warg, or you yeah. have to that's have That's why Jojen and Mira had to find yeah. Bran. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I think Jojen would have been a good understudy, but not the least. Too late, yeah. too late <laughs> now. Too late, but, uh, uh, there's a couple things you said. I, that's why, actually, going back to how we originally started this thread, is the, I thought for the first, Jamie wasn't just freaked out. To me, I read it as, like, what is this like? It's a, he was the first to give pause. He wasn't Samuel Tarley going, you know, whatever Bran, whatever Bran is, right? He's uh, really thinking about. He was like, whoa. Like Baelish has a little bit because Baelish mm-hmm. is having like, how did you know that? Yeah, it's different. I thought Jamie was kind of like, what, what is, what is going on in that head? And I, I thought it was a brief pause to give the character its weight. Uh, and, and there's a lot there. Uh, there's, there's a lot about Bran. Yeah, that. I, I, yep. One more thing I'd like to raise. No. You know, you probably know I'm going to go here. So. <laughs> Uh, all of the Bran stuff, Bran yeah. and the Night King, that whole mythology, yeah. it's one Westerosi religion, the old gods. They're right, in the weirwood right. trees, they have the, the site, that all links up to one. But we have mentions, except for the drowned god. Every right. god in the show gets mentioned in this episode. Right. Beric brings up the Lord of Light, and then Arya and Gendry talk about the Lord of Light. Jamie knights Brienne in the name of the Seven, naming right. specific members of the Seven. And Arya says she's met death. He has many faces. Yeah. She's looking forward to seeing this next one. So they're definitely seeding the idea that this isn't the only power in Westeros. Mm. It, it isn't just about Bran and the Night King and right. they're it for our mythology. It seems to be really leaving open this question of well, where do all these other deities go? Where does the Lord of Light I, come in? I think it's that so... scene with I think that scene with Barrack, that little tiny he scene. He says this is the Lord of Light's yeah, moment. Yes, it's a joke. It, it's it's Thoros. It's a good chance for Hound to reference Thoros. I, I don't love, think it's just a joke. But no, no, I know, but it's played for that. But no, I, I really think that Richard Dormer plays it so well that yes, there's something. I'm s I am still half expecting. To Melis- see Melisandre, she's gonna show up. Show no, up I think right? she's gonna the look beginning. to the east. I think yes. she's. A, it's we're in Gandalf mode. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> on the fifth day, <laughs> look to the I, east. I kind of like. I feel like she's gonna show up in the crypt or something yes. and uh, help in some. Way. Andres like, and I are I heading to Vegas tonight to put money down on this. Are you with me? <laughs> He's 100%. shaking his head. I, yeah, I, a viewer uh, at the other uh, Game of Thrones show that I do. You uh, can say Watching Thrones. A viewer of Watching Thrones. What you guys? A viewer of Watching Thrones was saying that. The crone version of Melisandre, the old crone oh, without yeah. her necklace, is visible in no. Winterfell. The ground. <laughs> Folks, it's not true. Well, <laughs> I went through the whole episode. I looked as closely as I could. She's not there. That's but hilarious. Uh, but yes, she, it feels like. And we yeah. also know how much she hates to miss a battle. She does. Hate. She, <laughs> she doesn't really, like to be left out. So always true. always she been upset. When you leave her behind and there's a big battle, she's like, 
should have brought me that should've battle. Been. I would have won that battle for you. So I feel like yeah. it's going to be hard for her to stay away. See, see, what does she have? What, what, what does she? She doesn't carry a sword. She's got some potions. She's why, got why does she magic. tell Stannis? I would have. We would not have lost. Uh, so under fire you're, magic, you're with blood me. Magic. She's showing up uh, dawn on the fifth day. Look to the east. <gasps> I, I don't. I think. <laughs> I really do. I think so. And I really like what you're saying because it really brings into question. We keep talking about the history of Westeros and and, and everything we know about the history. We know there was a previous long night and we know kind of the outcome of that and how you know i I keep talking about the sun and how the sun was blotted out the long night eternal winter everything that brand said but can i also bring up this kind of other history that hasn't really been mentioned in the show as as much and that is the doom of valyria right Um, and kind of like what is the connection to that and are we going to see kind of a because i keep going back to the freaking comet at the at the freaking beginning at the astro yeah uh, that's now that's now been added to the credits to me yeah Yeah. it's been added to the opening credits and i keep going back to that i'm like why is this important and obviously we see that in in uh when when, season two episode one um so that's a significant part but i still feel like it has another significance like maybe uh, mm. destroying the dragons and destroying Valeria was some sort of, mm. I don't want to say Lord of Light, but something that caused that to yeah. somehow give the world an advantage against such a powerful match. I mean, there there is uh, also like a that. direct connection, yeah. Valerian Steel. We know That's that right. Valerian, Valerian Steel, Steel has this specialized power that yeah, only that Dragon Glass and Valerian Steel have. Can kill the mm-hmm. White Walker, which also has a power. There's right. a yeah. two powers coming from magical kingdoms. I don't know. And uh, a lot of that stuff is book stuff. So I'm always tempted to be like, well, they can't go too deep into it because the show hasn't, but we have really, they, Mm. they sent Jorah and Tyrion to old Valerian. So that's all sort of on the table. You could definitely reference that and it's fair game for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you make, I love all this stuff. This is me reaching guys. No, no, no. The the, the show's biding its time to reintroduce those elements. And we got just the taste of it with Beric and then the hound shutting him down and his joke and, and that's all fine. But like when we focus on one thing, like Lon said in the back of our heads, there was plenty of instances where the Lord of light was the focal point and was the, the, the the weapon of choice at the moment or the, the power that was happening in a moment. And we cannot lose sight of the Prince who was promised because that has been established in the show. And, you know, we've, we've just been living in the, in, in the ice part of ice We're in the North and that's where they, they they worship the old gods. But we got dragons. We have two dragons in play somehow, some way they were, seemed a little, well, you reticent know, about how they wanted to use them. Yes, uh, which I found interesting. And I feel like that meeting we saw about half of that meeting, and oh, that there yeah. were other I, mm-hmm. plans I, in the making. And then I can I just say, mm-hmm. like the direction Nutter's David Nutter's direction, you just so much was happening in the background every time they were in the courtyard, every time mm-hmm. they were out by the North Gate. That those. Um, spiky things that like oh, in world war two that the dragon glass in them yeah. and the the collapsible bridge and oh, yeah. clearly davos is going to be manning the wall and giving the signal to to fire the mm. trenches and all of those you know so there's a lot i think fire is actually going to come into play quite uh, prominently yeah. next yeah. week um well, and, I, at least in the literal i want to i want to come back when we come back uh in a little bit f- on the other side is i want to re-talk and replan the battle of winterfell because mm. we had fun doing that a couple weeks ago here in castle talk because i think now i'm i was really intrigued because i i the, the old uh 
Uh, let's send Brandon the the hearts tree and wait it out. Oh, wow, and, I, and you're keeping the dragons back. What's going on? So I love well, all that. We'll have the Ironborn. Yeah, yeah no. that's true. Oh. That's true. Thank uh, God for the Ironborn. Thank God for the Ironborn. Um, <laughs> couple of, couple guys, want, Theon's beat up. There's a, there's a lot of things here, and we are we. This could be a four hour episode if we're mm-hmm. not careful here. Uh, I do like Jamie and, and Tyrion reconnecting, having that moment. I love like I wish Father was here so we could see us descending and dying at Winterfell. Like, what are you talking about? Oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should. Man, should have tear for Taiwan. Yep. I, I love Taiwan. Oh yeah, we love Taiwan. We do. Yeah. And I, I thought they're just they're brothers, right? And they know each yeah. other better, and they kind of like will call each other on the BS. And I loved Tyrion's line um, to Jamie about Cersei. Oh yeah. Like you know, you always knew. She never you fooled you. Yeah. You always knew what she was, who she was. You turned a blind eye to it because of love and because of your ego and, and, and you know, where your head was in the early seasons. Um, and only Tyrion's the only person yeah. would ever be able that. to say something like and, that. To and, him. The, and the reason why I love it so much is because everything we've seen from Jamie is that just obsession he has with mm-hmm. Cersei to the point almost that even Cersei's been like, I love, I still love Jamie's line when he's like, you know, I'm more faithful than Ned because the only oh, woman yeah. I've been with is Cersei and we already kind of knew even at that point in yeah. that episode that Cersei wasn't you know yeah, she's yeah. Oh, she yeah, was yeah. with other um Lancel yeah Lancel so so <laughs> we know that even Cersei doesn't care about Jamie as much as Jamie right. cares about Cersei um but now the thing that breaks that I could argue and I think most people would argue is Brienne like yeah. Brienne is the one that yeah. really brings that out of Jamie and I just love that I absolutely really do she's the first yeah, selfless uh, paragon of what actual knighthood is meant to yeah. be. He person yeah. he ever met, and and he ridicules it forever. And that's why I love the line mm-hmm. where she's like, "We've never had a conversation this long, and you've not made fun of me. Like, yeah. just just do it because yeah. like that's what I expect from you." But he's turned that corner, and she's slowly realizing that. And to coming to trust him to the point of allowing him to knight her. And I'm getting teary eyed. Yeah, but like. <laughs> no. It's, it's the scene it's, that keeps on rewarding you with tears. It 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 is the one of the most beautiful things out mm. there, and and I and I love their build to that to have you know that first conversation between the two of them where she she accepts him is mm-hmm. to 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 you know fight under her um to the best of his ability and then you know in, in front of the fire and everything. But yeah, it's it. Jamie just had. Three. Spectacular interactions yeah. with every character in three, this episode. Three scenes got to me on this episode. <laughs> Usually, I do not get. I don't get emotional You're even during rock. Game of Thrones. You're a rock. What, uh, what got you? What got you? The the Brienne being being knighted by Jamie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Theon oh, pledging to Sansa that, that he got wants me to. Too. He I can't wants even. to serve Lady Sansa. Yeah. Uh, and then. It was uh, the it's Davos and the, the little, little girl. the little girl oh. and Gilly and like well oh. you should go into the crypt to protect well, that. It's, oh. it's nice to know we're all crying at the same thing. Those three yeah. scenes Those got three, me more than uh, that. Oh my god! That the little girl scene on my second rewatch. Listen, yeah. you're playing the music of the song Shireen used mm-hmm. to yes. sing in yep. season yes. three, and I was just like that detail just just gutted me. Yeah, uh, it was such a brilliantly written scene because they never say Shireen's nope. name, no, but you no. bring it's just it up. Scarred face it's a, and, and, you, and the you, music and the way Davos is better with kids than he is with adults. Yeah. Like he's shown it over and over again with yeah. Liana Mormont too, and 
the way and Gilly and Davos were the two that Shireen talked to Reed. So for yeah. her to be, I'm like for a scene that isn't talking about the thing that's actually connecting it, yeah. but ever you getting what it's doing is that See, Hogman this is, is exactly best. why no, I said no, nothing happened in this right. episode. Oh, that, thank nothing you. happened. This in is this what episode. I said. Where it's like I was trying to be very diplomatic. We're <laughs> like, look, if you know the show, these things feel very eventful, even though they're kind of. It's not you know right. we're not murdering eighteen zombies or whatever, but. Yeah. It's like that's a that's a real thing that happened. Oh, it was it was it was powerful, and and, and that that uh, uh, the uh, Tila's the character's name. Yes. I think. Yeah, saying you know I want to fight. Like it's it lot worked on so many levels. But the connection with with Gillian Davis. And by the way, I Liam Cunningham, one of my favorite actors. Like, I oh, want him. So I want good. him in a Star Wars film. I love Davos. Yeah. Davos, one of my favorite characters. I want to do a supercut of every time he starts a sentence with. Look, <laughs> I wasn't the best. Fi- I, yeah. I, I love when he goes into his look monologues there. Uh, look, we could tell look, as I say it myself, <laughs> that's why I love Davos. A lot of little moments here. There's, some are going to come back up. There's, there's some big ones I want to get to before we uh, keep going here. Um, uh, Arya and Gendry, we're going to talk about that in a bit. Um, but uh, going back to Daenerys, going back to her buckling down and, and putting her foot down and, 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 and maybe even kind of letting it slip in a way of just like, Oh yeah, I still want the throne. I want to break the wheel, but I want to my wheel to be on there in a way. And I, I don't even think she understands that. And I think that's why I say she slips. Uh, I think it's like the other characters. It's Sansa going, "Great, cool. We're kind of friends here. Uh, you still want to rule us, right? Did I get that right? You know, we 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 don't want to be. You, you understand? And then John, the big revelation, which I thought was I thought was done wonderfully. That they're, conversation with yeah. her, they're acting. I gotta say, both of them in that on scene. Point was great on point yeah. and yeah. and her reaction instead Amelia of like Clark's been really good this season she, she's, she's last two seasons yeah she's, she got sort of knocked around for a yeah. few seasons she, there. no she did yeah. she's really grown into uh this Terminator Genesis really didn't really help good. her cause and yeah. and I thought I thought she uh at times though muted and solo brought a lot to that role that I I I know the yeah, pre- I like her as Kira. well the previous know. directors didn't know how to handle her and she's been on the record of saying that and and so to to she took some hits there too but I think last two seasons she's bringing the A game and yeah. that moment this revelation of 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 uh yeah A-Gon not worried about her relationship it. she's not worried about that she's worried about oh you you would take my throne. That's and, a, and it's, and it's just moment. so telling because it, it's where her head goes, right? That's mm-hmm. the, like the, the thing about right. that. I am always going to think of food. R- right. And okay. I'm going to reveal that in every conversation. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. But it, it's, it's, she assumes conspiracy. Her, her back is up against the wall in the North. And this is why I actually think this is why I think her acting has been great. And I actually understand where she's coming from by, you know, Everybody, that she's just getting side eye left and right. Sansa's oh, yeah. like passive aggressive, you know, yeah. like that whole power dynamic that was happening in the first scene with Sansa. Over, I mean, Danny's sitting in the middle. She's supposedly running mm-hmm. the show in that scene. Sansa, with one line, basically just takes over as Lon said. John is like over there cowering in yeah. the, in the corner, like he doesn't want to deal with. Uh, Danny right now because of the what he knows, so yeah. he's avoiding her the he's, whole episode. Uh, yeah, right, so, right. but Danny no in, the, in the crypt when <laughs> she finds out so the the, yeah. the truth, the thing that she says is, "Wait a minute, you got this information from your brother and your best friend." Yeah, and her so her head goes to conspiracy. These yes. people don't like me. They think that nobody's respecting me up here. And and mm. in her head. She has earned the 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 right. Iron Throne and the kingship, and we have seen her everything she did in Slaver's Bay, everything she's endured. 
and we've seen like what Tyrion has come to realize and to an extent what John has come to realize, but what the Northerners have no clue about yeah. and what Sansa doesn't know. And so like that's what makes it a little harder. I still wish she'd come down off the, the pedestal and sure. like she you still wish that she would, you know, take your eyes off the Iron Throne a little and practice what you preach. You're supposedly right. here to fight the dead and hi- fight for humanity, yet... I'm fighting John's war. Right. And when Sansa asks, you know, what after? And the way she says, take the Iron Throne, like, right. duh. And Sansa's like, ah, that's going to be a problem. And Sansa's right to think that that's a problem. Too. Oh, yeah, Sansa's very right. It's, yeah. it's, but Danny's still living in a world where it's mine yeah. by right and, 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 and no argument. Yeah, and yeah. that's not going to work in the world that what, she's in right now. You say she's on a pedestal, and she is, and we're always kind of hard on Danny because I think we're all rooting for Danny. Yeah. You know, you were all, I of mean, course. it really is that case. I, she earned that pedestal, but it's interesting to watch her be suddenly kind of spun into the bad guy. Oh, Did, Lord. Um, she earned the North? I speaking, mean, I don't know. speaking, not necessarily, of, not no. necessarily, but speaking of, uh, of acting, Amelia mm-hmm. Clark, she really told me a lot on those yeah. final seconds mm-hmm. of this episode with her eyes. My God, her eyes literally yeah. said, I got to kill this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what her yeah, eyes he, told me. I yeah. was, she literally was like, oh my God, I got to kill this guy. Like that's, I, yeah. I don't know if it's just me, but that's what Amelia Clark was telling me Did, with okay. her eyes. I want to dive into what you thought there because I, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't uh, agree or disagree. I want to rewatch that again. After you guys leave tonight, Oh no, she this. looked like, um, this is why I, I felt unprepared for the episode. Do yeah. you, do you take it as I'm going to kill him? Or, no. Oh no. I'm going to have to get him out of the way. That's what it is. It's, it's really, it, it 100% is not like I'm going to, you know, get my mm-hmm. dragon to burn him or, you know, have someone command him to kill him. Yeah. It really felt like I might have to let him he, die. He's in my way. The, yes. He's in my way. He might have to go, but if I don't necessarily have right, to right. kill him, I immediately, once again, go back to Avatar The Last Airbender Sure. Uh, Fire Naturally. Lord, Fire Lord Sozin, and Avatar Roku. When Fire Lord Sozin was trying to enact his plan, mm-hmm. he was trying to be the most powerful person on the planet. When Avatar Roku, in, in in reality, was and again, dragons comes into this. But it's that realization of like they're in this situation where Sozin is like, I'm not gonna kill you, but if you die in battle, and I'm I'm, I'm like, oops, sorry, man, I couldn't hear you when you were right. like, save me. That whole situation is gotcha. the first thing that came to my head of like Danny being like, maybe I'll let you die, but I sure. won't. Yeah, okay. I, I feel like uh, we've got we've got like a monarch continuum of yeah. psychopathy here, where you've got Cersei. <laughs> Cersei on one side was like, "If you're in my way, I'm just going to arrange to you're have done. you killed yeah. as soon as I can." And then you've got John over here, like, even if you're a huge problem for me, we're gonna figure it out and work together because yeah, yeah. we all have to. And yeah, Daenerys is sort of finding her yeah. place somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I definitely think. I, I mean. We were talking about conversations being sort of interrupted in sure. media res, and that was a really great example of one <laughs> yeah. where we don't Master get to Walken. actually yeah, yeah. hear what happens next because the whole horn the of the horn, dead right, plays the yeah. and the, the, the dead have arrived. And so we don't get to finish that conversation. But yes, I, I totally agree with what Ace was saying. Like, I, I feel like she's deciding in that moment, mm. what, how, mm. how do I deal with it? It's not, all right, I guess we give the North its independence, which is interesting Part of me feels like, why Why not? You've already agreed sure. to give oh, the yeah. Iron Islands back to the Iron right, Islanders. Right. Yeah, you agreed She's to She's not right. even from Westeros. It's not like having the rest of the continent wouldn't be a kingdom. That's right. the frustrating part about Danny. But it's also, it's that divine right, right. of rulers. And in mm-hmm. our history is full of it. It's like, you know, she's not wrong in that 
Yes, Stannis wasn't was wrong. Usurped right. from her family. <laughs> in the they were the rulers. They right. you know were stabbed in the back and murdered and nearly wiped out. Yeah. And she was chased through most of her childhood. Well, and to use Cersei logic, giving up the North would be a huge concession. It shows weakness. Yes, yeah, yeah. and so I, I get it, but mm. it's it's the journey, and it's the mm. she learned so much. So it's kind of like. You just have a little further to go right. to understand that, you know, that these people are honorable people, but they're stubborn people. And they've been through a ton of shit, too. Yeah. And, you know, so do you you earned the respect of like Masande had that whole speech last season. And, and so right. you, she showed what it was she could do for people and that she does believe in doing good by the people. But it, she hasn't shown that to the northerners yet. And the northerners have just been through the ringer mm-hmm. through, thanks to Targaryens, thanks to, yeah. to Lannisters, thanks to all kinds of things. And so it's, you can't blame Sansa for having her hackles up either. Yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I think you can also, they can look at Dorne. I mean, Dorne was allowed to remain an independent kingdom for hundreds of years. Right. And so I think the Northerners are like, well, why, yeah. you know, why not us? Why, why, why we want to have our own Prince Duran or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's dead, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, Who's no. running Dorne, by the way? Stop the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, wish every really, single, I wish I could do an episode on that. Every <laughs> single royal person in Dorne is dead. Gone. Yeah. Very true. Gone, Maybe yeah. like a brand new oh, royal family I, down I, there. I have, I, I go on these weird tangents uh, where like sometimes I'm like, I do the, I wish this person was still alive to help the battle. Like, I wish Barristan was there. I wish Daria was over here. I'm yeah. like, bring our team together. I wish Tywin was still I wanna, around. I want to see what's yeah. happening in Dorne but, and yes. Marine. But give, that's, give, what's give going over on in, in Marine Give over right in a, a dragon get class spear. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell, even Take down a, every White Walker there is. Give him Arya's uh, yeah. double-sided. Yeah. 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 So uh, just like uh, we when we did the Battle of Winterfell preview, it's like that kind of came out of Ace, you telling me, like, I stay up at night and dream about this stuff. I, do. I literally get lost in this weird headcanon of, okay, but what if Tywin was there and he decided to help? How would we plan the battle? And I get all excited, but then I do the, I want the CCT camera footage of Marine or Dorn or yeah. Horn Hill of like <laughs> Sam's mom just sitting there going, I wonder what's happening. <laughs> you know? Oh my God, or, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Or I want, I, I I keep having this, I think we'll talk what about What happened it. to our sword? Yeah, yeah, what did <laughs> our sword gone? Um, Wait, wasn't which, Hearts Bane uh, just right there? Another great one. But like I, in my head, and we can talk about it when we come back from the break here in a bit, uh, talking about the Battle of Winterfell, like, I, I think House Glover from Deepwood Mott. I'm like, okay, they got maybe uh, what 500 men. Oh, bring the, bring them in. <laughs> but yeah, they're right. They're, they're, probably, they're whites now. Yeah, yeah. T- Barrack and Tormund are saying it. But in my head, mm-hmm. I'm like, but 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 maybe they can come in from the flank and and that could help. But I get so lost in it. And that's why I just love these little moments in the show <laughs> and talking about Danny. And I think she's right. I but here here's the thing. Uh, I really love. I, I, I may be. I'm at odds with some of some of even my friends in the industry. Uh, and Rachel, I turn to you first. I I love that Sansa is dubious of Danny. It would only make sense as a smart ruler. We've said before that Sansa's learned from the best, uh, from the, the the worst people, but in the best way. She's right. learned from Cersei. She's learned from Littlefinger. She's learned from the mistakes of her father, and yeah. she has learned. I think I said this last week. She she does not trust easily, mm. nor should she. Nor should Based she. on her history, she shouldn't. Yeah. you know, and you know, she has has scraped out this place that Danny acknowledges. Mm-hmm. You know, she says the thing we have in common is that in a world where women have a tough time ruling, we have both carved out 
you know, a way in which to do that that does command respect. And Sansa does command respect of the Northerners, but it's also because she's one of them. There's mm-hmm. the 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 adage of there's always a Stark in Winterfell. They thought it was John, but then John went and got, yeah. fell in love with the foreign queen and brought these foreign armies and He's doing it for the greater good, but in terms of the Northerner's perspective, he's gone and done this kind of un-Northern-like thing, but Sansa's there representing them in in the way that they want to be represented, and that is fiercely independent and, you know, um, to be taken seriously and to, to aren't just going to, you know, bow down without a really good reason. Mm -hmm. And Sansa's whole conversation with Dan is just brilliant, but the, you know... Danny understands that John's the thing that is keeping their, you know, mutual respect at bay. And Sansa's like, yeah, my brother loves you, and men do stupid things when they're in love. Point blank. And this whole talk of who's manipulating who, and I was just so fascinated by it because Mm -hmm. it's so clear that Danny's playing the Game of Thrones and John isn't. Like yeah, oh, she's John. like, he's manipulating me. And I'm like, not really. Right. Yes, you're here and you didn't plan on being here because you planned on going after the, the Iron yeah. Throne, but you're up here fighting your boyfriend's war. At the same time, though, it's not like John tricked you into doing that. Yeah, he did yeah. not. You pu- saw. He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but she she gets the Game of Thrones. She yeah. gets the manipulation and the intrigue and the way you play people off each other and the way you act certain ways with certain people and, and whatnot. And so for her to sort of like a say that like, no, John manipulated me. I'm like, nah, not buying that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I just love I love the scenes. I, I really yeah. love it makes sense for me that Sansa uh, as a ruler. I, and I thought I think I thought Danny was very sincere hear what she was saying they had they got they got to a closer point and it's it's a great scene because of that right but they they there's still this chasm right and it has to do with why should we allow danny to be the queen over us you're not buying danny on I, didn't, I I have to be honest. My read on that scene was that she was telling Sansa what she wanted to hear. Oh, and she was trying yeah. to like Ooh, get in. Yeah. Um, um, you I know, like, like oh, you and me, girl power, women rulers, right? These guys don't trust us anyway. I'm going to be queen. <laughs> I, I really that's how that was my read I, on it. I, I, I don't think I, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I I think there's I think I think there's sincerity this and that, but I think also that's why that's why I said earlier that it, Danny almost let it slip. In a sense of mm-hmm. she did have that moment. Right. And then she was like, great, great, great. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be the queen. Oh, wait. And then her Sansa's reaction was like, Danny's like, oh, that didn't go over yeah. well. Oh, I, that, that, okay. that was how I read that scene. Was that it, was, it, was, it was Danny like, I'm yeah. going to. Because remember, right before that scene. And it's, it's weird. It's, I know what you're going to say. Jorah is the <laughs> right. one who suggested she do yes. it in the first place. He is. Place. And Dora's like, Jorah, Dora, Dorah, Dorah. Uh, Dora, <laughs> Jorah the Explorer. Jorah the Explorer. <laughs> uh, learn, uh, Tyrion learns from his mistakes. He owns his mistakes. I loved yes. that scene. Yes. And I, I did too, and I, I and just the uh, fact that it dovetails into this one yes. leads me to believe that Joe was like, "Go in and be nice oh, yeah. to us." Oh yeah, tell her you're both great women rulers. <laughs> it's, 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 you should have cut that out if that's what he said. Jorah, I hope I'm, in my head that's yeah, what he said. Yeah. Jorah gives her the advice that <laughs> I said it out loud on the couch. Um, he he says, "Forgive me." When he comes in, she's like, "Have you offended me?" And he's like, "Many times." And she's like, "Long ago and long forgiven." You know, yeah. you've, you've made mistakes and. And then they start talking about Tyrion. He's made some serious mistakes. And I'm yelling at the TV. So have you. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> come yeah. on. Like, yeah. you just admitted that you forgave Jorah for his mistakes, but right. you are having a very hard time forgiving Tyrion for some reason. Now, granted, pretty major mistakes. This, yeah. this underestimating oh, yeah. uh, his enemies, which is what clever men do, mm. apparently, according yeah, to Tyrion sure. in the episode, is a big mistake, 100%. But 
She really was taking a hard line against him, she and it said, took yeah. Jora and then Sansa to mm. say something nice about you know Tyrion being a good person and a, an intelligent person, just not a perfect person. Yeah, yeah. Right, we we do have to take a break in a okay. second, but I want to close this first segment, which is an hour and ten already here. Um, Arya. As my girlfriend shouted at the oh, screen, no. get that D. All right. <laughs> this was, uh, wow. I, I am, Conch- I was, a, I was not surprised because I go back to early on yeah. the, where I'm we talking talked about it last week. We talked about it last show. week. I but, said it. Yeah. <laughs> you said it. Ace. I'm a, I'm a Gendry and Arya shipper, man. You were on a lot of ship shippers. It, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously Jamie and Brienne first. But, shipper ships. But at the same time, I am very much, I will mm. proudly say I am an Arya and Gendry shipper. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't mean it wasn't yet, a little uncomfortable. It was kind of awkward. But, I, I told my roommate, it was kind of like, a parent being stuck in a room while your kid is having sex, and you're like, oh, no. yay, good for it, you, but oh. It, it was just a little bit of reality. It was like yeah. she's she was 12 yeah. like five weeks ago. At least that's yeah. how it feels like. Wait, wait till you turn 40 when everyone who you thought was eight is now 49. This is yeah. very divisive. Yeah. Uh, but but, it, but again, I didn't feel this way. I mean, uh, it's uh, a little bit the way, you know, it's a little bit like. It's a little awkward, but at the same right. time, good for her, good for him. Yeah. They're both young, she, she but owned, they're both she owned consenting. It. She owned it. She controlled yeah. the scene. Yeah. And that's what I liked about it. It yeah. was sort of a flip on most sex scenes sure. in the show, which and, are and very fair of the women most of the time. <laughs> that's a good so point. So I really liked that reverse it, dynamic. And yeah. like, look, the the issue with people feeling uncomfortable and, and the Maisie Williams of it all and, and, it, and the just, growing up on the show, that's, what that's personal viewer baggage bringing, yeah. Yeah. bringing to the show. And that's yeah. on everybody to individually have to come to terms with yeah. but in terms of the show in terms of the character in terms of the fact that we've already established that this is the night before you expect to die mm-hmm. this is something that she would consider doing sure. as a young woman as somebody who has made this journey to becoming a non-person and coming back from right, right. that and having this person who you had a crush on when you were a young girl come mm-hmm. back into your life and to be there and it, it just it actually felt like a very honest moment sure. Yeah. The first time I watched it, I definitely had sort of like a, okay, because she was so young and because I've seen her grow up, but she did grow up. And yeah. I, I was, and, and oh, yeah. it's the power dynamic part of it that I love the most. I, I, think. I think in terms of sex scenes on Game of Thrones, it was one of the quote best in the sense of yeah. the character earned. Mm-hmm. The night before a battle, I'm either Davos uh, shitting in the woods or I'm doing what Arya is. And, by, you know, by the way, not for nothing, but Joe Dempsey without a shirt. All right, I can yeah, see what's going yeah, on here. I'm yeah, following this here. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's just interesting. We've seen, and, and I, I, I agree with everything Rachel was saying, and, and for, for the sort of the woman to be the aggressor in that situation is a very rare thing for Game of Thrones. But it's also, it's very rare that we will see a love scene, a sex scene, where there is no power differential. Like, they're, the both characters are basically of the same yeah. station. Like, Grey Worm and Missandei is the only other one I can sort of think of. Mm. There's usually wrapped up in the sex is also the power. And oh, like, yeah. It's Tyrion and Shay, or it's Ramsay. Danny and no- Nahara. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and so to see two people who are just attracted to each other kind of, 
they, they're they're equals. So she yeah. just goes into his workshop and they're kind of talking yeah. weapons, and uh, that I think was really interesting. It's something we haven't really seen. Yeah, yeah. It's always all the romance on the show is always so fraught. Maybe like I'm thinking Egret John, but even then she was using it in a weird way. She's yeah, yeah. his prisoner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, then she's trying to well, murder. But, but him. even in the cave, even that was her trying to get him to break his vow. And right. I think their love is turns out pure and everything. Blah blah blah. I mean, blah, it's not but, a but, knock on but, these other relationships. No, 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 just, no, no. We never just. Game of Thrones is not a show where two people are just like they kind of like I mean, each other and they hook up. That's Theon and the ship captain's daughter. Yeah, yeah. Theon <laughs> and the ship captain's daughter was one of the most yeah, forms yeah. Of like love Game of Thrones is always like yeah. Yeah, Bronn it's and about the power dynamics, right. Most yeah. of the time, and so this was a rare romance scene that was legitimately just about two characters who liked each yeah. other. Uh, a lot more to talk about. Uh, we got to stop and get some water. We'll be right back on uh, Casterly Talk after all this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. everybody, I'm Thomas Rissling, and welcome back to Ruminations from the Realm here on Casterly Talk. On today's segment, I want to talk about Jenny of Oldstones and what her song, the one that Podrick sang in the second episode of the eighth season, is referencing, as it's one of the deepest cuts that the show has ever given us. Now, the first thing to note here is that Jenny's song is only loosely referenced in the books, with only the first line that we hear in the show being actually taken from the source material. The rest is created for the show. So let's dive into the history of the most important line in the song, that first one. High in the halls of the kings who are gone, Jenny would dance with her ghost. And to examine this, we need to look at some history. Prince Duncan Targaryen, son of Aegon V, namesake of Sir Duncan the Tall, and heir to the Iron Throne, fell deeply in love with a woman known as Jenny of Oldstones. And because of this, he ignored his betrothal to Lionel Baratheon's daughter defying his own father to marry Jenny in secret, causing a short-lived Baratheon rebellion, and Duncan brought Jenny, along with her friend, a woods witch, to court with him, further angering his father and leading to an ultimatum, leave Jenny behind, or give up his claim to the Iron Throne. Now eventually, after some arguing back and forth on the matter for some time, Prince Duncan forswore his claim to the throne, passing it to his younger brother, Jaehaerys II, future father of the Mad King, Eris II. Now, Jenny was a common woman who, as it says in the history book, dwelt half-wild amidst ruins and claimed descent from the long-vanished knights of the First Men, sorry, kings of the First Men. While her friend, the Woods Witch, had been thought of as either one of the children of the forest or, by some, simply as a dwarf. But this Woods Witch, the most important thing about Jenny's friend, was also the fact that she was the woman who prophesied that Azora High would be born to the line of the Mad King, Eris II, and his sister wife, Rhaella, the future father and mother of Rhaegar, Viserys, and Daenerys. Now, jumping forward to 259 AC, King Aegon V had summoned all of his loved ones to Summerhall in order to celebrate the birth of his great-grandson, Rhaegar. This included Duncan, Jenny, and the Woods Witch. And at this celebration, King Aegon used pyromancers and wildfire in a 
rather stupid attempt to hatch seven dragon eggs, one for each of the seven gods. And his experiment failed miserably and claimed the lives of nearly everyone in attendance, except for a lucky few, two of whom were Rhaegar, who had been born during the tragedy, and his mother, Rhaella. Another survivor may have been Jenny's friend, the Woods Witch, who many now believe to be the ghost of Highheart, as the ghost mentions having gorged on grief at Summerhall. This is the same ghost who repeatedly requests Jenny's song from Tom of Seven Streams whenever the Brotherhood are camped atop Highheart, and the ghost of Highheart matches Sir Barristan Selmy's description of the Woods Witch, whom he believed to be dead. Now, Rhaegar would go on to develop a lifelong obsession with the Azorahai prophecy, first believing himself to be Azorahai, then later in life believing one of his sons would fulfill the prophecy. And some people believe this is why he left Elia Martell, in order to father another child with another woman. But we now know that his leaving her and their annulment was all because he loved Lyanna Stark. So, a Targaryen prince who turned his back on his claim to the throne because of his love for a woman he wasn't supposed to love. That love caused a Baratheon rebellion, and that love was for a woman descended from the first men. Sound familiar? Now we come back to Podrick, singing Jenny's song in episode two of this final season. And we look at that important line again. High in the halls of the kings who are gone, Jenny would dance with her ghost. High in the halls of the kings who are gone references Summer Hall, which is built high up on a bluff, and the kings who are gone is a reference to the Targaryen kings who perished there and afterwards. Jenny was the woman who Prince Duncan loved and gave up the throne for, and her ghost refers to the ghost of Highheart, the woods witch who prophesied that Azora High would come from the line of Eris and Rhaella, making Danny or John the most likely to fulfill this prophecy, if we're taking that as truth. Now, as Podrick's singing of this song ends, Danny is approaching John, the son of Rhaegar Targaryen, who stands before the tomb of his true mother, Lyanna Stark, in the crypts of Winterfell. And Danny, upon finding out whose tomb John stands before, makes reference to the fact that her brother Rhaegar was decent, kind. He enjoyed singing and he seemed like a good man. And that's because he was. He loved Lyanna and gave up a kingdom for her. And so John then tells Danny who he truly is. Aegon Targaryen, six of his name. And so I ask you, will Jon pursue the Iron Throne? Or will he follow in Duncan and Rhaegar's footsteps and give up his true claim to the Iron Throne because of his love for Daenerys? You can find me on Twitter at Thomas Wrestling and on Instagram at TWrestling. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ruminations from the Realm here on Casterly Talk. Thomas Frizzling taking a deeper look into Jenny from the old stones, from the old songs, from the old days. <laughs> it's a good old tune. I Eight, love six, that seven, five, three, oh, nine, Eight, six, right? seven, five, three, oh, nine. That's how you call five. Jenny. Uh, we, uh, you know, needed to dive into the song. Great moment. I loved, uh, uh, was it Daniel Portman singing? Yeah. Podrick. Uh, Podrick Who knew? Payne, Who knew? man. Yeah, yeah, I immediately was like, He's oh. just full of surprises yeah. all through the series. Uh, I actually really <laughs> love the moment. I love that song. It's one of the things that is, is Thomas song. just do- uh, took a deep dive into what it means. I also think it just means something on the surface, man. Those ghosts. Yeah. As someone who's a nerd as well, can I just say that I immediately got that song by Florence in the Machine, yeah. and I just have that on repeat. I've it's got it. Great. It's yeah. beautiful. It's so good. I'll yeah. put it right next to Reigns of Castamere and the Bear and the Maiden. <laughs> the Bear and Maiden Bear. Yeah. Uh, they love doing that. Reigns of Castamere. Hold steady, man. Hold and, yeah. Jenny's up there. It's up yep, there. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, 
So here, and, and time we have uh, left here, we want to look towards the Battle of Winterfell. We we are getting this. This is a moment that has been building since season one, episode one. Mm-hmm. The moment we see the White Walkers <laughs> and they kill, uh, you know, Sir uh, Raymer Royce and 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 uh, Garrett and and Will gets away. This has been building. This is the moment. The horses are close. I love, there's there's that one shot, it's from the trailer, when Jorah's like on the horse and he kind of st- stops and looks out. Yeah. You know, in the trailer, it was cut to look like the battles start. Right. But instead, he's looking out into nothingness and mm-hmm. wondering what's coming. And that yeah. keep that stuff, I was nervous this entire episode. Another reason why I think it's a great episode. It's an anticipation episode. It's what do you do the night before you think you're going to die? Yeah. And all these characters deal with that in different ways all the while looking out over those parapets and knowing the inevitable is coming death is like the personification of death is the army of the dead it's in it yeah yeah, it that dread is throughout this whole episode you know they we you know sam and and jor have their moment they talk about jor mormon i just keep Mm. going back to cold winds arising and the dead come with it like we're here. We're here. That final shot of Tyrion looking out. Yeah. Oh, it's all of this is great. All of this is uh, building towards something big. And I think we need to re-break down what, what might be coming. I'll start here. Tyrion talks to Bran. Tell me your story. Lon, do you think there's anything that Tyrion learns in that conversation that we haven't seen yet that might help in this battle? It, you know, I... I- Part of me just felt like this was a character beat that it's like yeah, Tyrion yeah. loves a good yarn and he <laughs> likes to drink and chat. And he, it, I, at first it played like, you know, him and Grey Worm and Masande, like, yeah. tell me a yeah, joke. Me a like joke. it felt like that. But they lingered on it and he, yeah. he, he brings the chair over. It's clear these two are really going to settle in and, and right. talk about this. And so, yeah, I feel like that's going to come back that there's some piece of information Tyrion now has about what brands been through because Bran also isn't a conventional storyteller. He's not gonna be like, well, I met up with Mira and Jojen Reed and we were like, let's go north. It's it's who knows how he sees his own journey at this yeah. point. So I feel like anytime you talk to Bran for an extended period of time, it's an information dump, whether you realize it realize or not. it or not there. Yeah. yeah. And I think it might tie into um a sort of redemptive moment for Tyrion. You know, mm. at this point, Danny oh, is not particularly happy with him. He's made some pretty major mm. mistakes, but he's gotten some. He's gotten some cheerleading moments from Jorah yeah, and from yeah. Sansa. And, and Danny has that moment during the meeting where I need you in the crypts because I'm going to need your mind after this. So I feel like we're leading to Tyrion knowing a crucial thing, making a crucial decision, doing something to honestly, to get back to the Tyrion we all know and love and remember from like season two when he was, you know, he was the smartest man in this world, the cleverest man. Yeah. Like we want that Tyrion back. And I think this could possibly dovetail with a moment from him. Interesting. Yeah. Are we going to see a pig shit moment? Yeah. Uh, Bron going to show up with some wildfire. Hey. Um, yeah, I, I, I really do feel that way. I, I was also kind of, I, I get the reasoning of like, go down to the crypts, but it's like, man, come on, this guy see more battles than you, girl. Like, this guy <laughs> knows his shit. Can we also talk about yeah. like how many people in this episode say, yeah, go down to the crypts. It'll be totally safe the- in the crypts. And I'm like, when six different people say that, something tells me it's not going to be quite so safe in the crypts. Here's my question about this. <laughs> yes. and th- this did uh, bug this me. where I wanted to go next. So, yeah. John Snow in particular. Right. has seen the Night King raise his arms right. and bring the dead back to life. 
Now, I, uh, granted, a lot of the bodies in the Winterfell crypts are very old. Yeah. Probably Dust. maybe under very heavy iron swords, they would not be able to move. But there are some fresh bodies out there, too. Rickon Stark comes immediately to mind. <laughs> I've heard this Rickon one. Seems dangerous to hide from zombies in a graveyard. That's my that's my take. It, and it seems like John would know enough at this point to be like, wait, Look, what if the dead come back to life? I, I, I think it... I even as a, as a, as someone who likes to put myself in the story, when we were previewing the Battle of Winterfell two three weeks ago, I didn't think of Bran as this not secret weapon but a focal point. And so maybe maybe John's like me, going the fight's coming that way, and then he forgets to look behind him. Could be. I I, I think this is actually where I wanted to start here because they we know they go to the crypts. There's that great shot from the trailer, yeah. Varys and Gilly and everyone down there. Uh, we got the young uh, 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 the young girl Tila's down there now defending mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. Um, Andres, do you, do you do you look at the, as the crypts as a trap or a possible escape out? What I, do you I look still, Maybe I'm the one weird optimist in this group that still sees it as some sort of escape route. I know um, Melisandre mentioned that there's tunnels. That, yes. that and lead. it's not all mapped. Not, right. not, no yeah. one knows where all of these so tunnels I lead. I still feel like there's some sort of escape where the tunnels lead somewhere south enough sure. that it's safe. I mean, I don't I necessarily like think idea. it's a death sentence for everyone who's down there. But it's I, not going to be quite as safe as they're it's claiming not, either. Yeah. Something goes down. down. Oh, Definitely not. Down. And honestly, all I wanted was one person in that meeting to be like, what if the bodies come back? And then even if John's answer was like, oh, they're all in stone and they're, yeah. there's heavy swords, they can't get out. Like, uh, even that would have been like, okay, at least like they thought that. of it. I think that happened. I think that happened off the maybe, off maybe, air. Maybe it did. Air, I, that, just for me, be so, like, nobody's going to bring up the fact that yeah. it's Zombies and, and corpses? And again, this is probably, you know, Andres, why you and I are good friends. I, I all day today when I had my moments, I was like, okay, do you leave like two guards at the top of the crypt? Like one down the stairs? Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to, are you, are you worried about the crypt door? Cause it's right at the front. It's right at the front of Winterfell. Yeah. Everyone walks yeah. in. They're like right here, turn to the left. And I get lost in those type of silly moments of where do I put that map where they have all the pieces, which by the way, mm-hmm. how do you know how many pieces to put down on that map? <laughs> I've always wondered that in all Game of Thrones episodes. Yeah. Uh, am I off base, Andres? No, have you thought all. about the defense of the crypts? Uh, absolutely. Defense of the crypts, the defense of winter fell the fact that we see Brienne say that she's taking the right flank I think is left, left flank, flank. Yes. Yes. I'm so sorry how dare you oh, no. get your flanks right I mean, she's gonna we, have the high ground we see Jorah leading yeah. we see yeah. the unsullied Gr- lead uh, Grey Worm is somehow leading the charge yeah um, I don't know who probably John is going to be somehow involved with the werewolf tree yeah Theon is the one who's the defect front line for brand which that means he's dead for sure mm-hmm. um i i don't know i'm completely fascinated by this because i really do feel that it all goes back to the little that we saw from the trailer where we see obviously aria yeah yeah Running, some, yeah. somewhere inside Winterfell, like inside the castle right so maybe she is she nearby the crypts? Is she in the crypts? Is she like a yeah? Because what do you do? What is do you, she going to the? Is like she running yeah. towards the crypts? Because what do you do with Arya as a strategy? Because yeah. she's she's a different kind of fighter. She's yeah. an assassin. We talked about it when you and I ranked our fighters left. So she's there, she's a weapon as well. How do sure. you use that weapon? I think that's going to be one of the the twists or reveals, and whether or not it's her striking out on her own, or if she's actually like. Um, come up with a plan with Dan and Johnny to best utilize what she can do. I don't know which one it's going to be, but I have a feeling that she has a very specific job. I don't know what it is, but I'm right. excited. To can find you out say what, it's what you be. said during the break about Arya? 
I don't oh, know. Oh, you- so um, I, I apologize if I can't call you out by name on Twitter, but several Twitter fans and I were going back and forth about her weapon and the detachable uh, dragon glass lance uh, that she has that Gendry made for her. And several people suggested that it um, that she would be the one to take out Viserion mm. in a sort of mimicked way where how the Night King turned Viserion, that mm. she could be the one. And I wasn't fully on board at the time but then you watch this episode and you're like well her aim's damn good because yeah. she threw those dragon glass daggers against the wall it wasn't and, just flirting with gendry right exactly <laughs> and then uh there i loved the shot it's such a throwaway shot but like um gendry takes a, a dragon glass axe and like pounds it into like a wooden stump to show how strong they are right. i'm like well this is not the obsidian we're used to in our world which is very brittle but this is very tough substance stuff that might actually mm-hmm. you know be able to break a dragon's hide depend maybe hit him in the eye hit him in a right. weak spot i'm not sure i still don't know for sure if that's her role right. but the, the something Hobbit tells me got a missing scale yeah exactly <laughs> we're taking out smog yeah. from that one little bit but i feel like and i hope that Arya has a specific mission and or goal during the battle can mm-hmm. i say that i think Maybe, and also you mentioned her wearing a face as well. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other theory. I I think (laughs) all this Arya stuff that you're saying is going to lead to this moment, and this is me again reaching like Mr. Fantastic, um, where Arya is, is, because again, I always go back to the trailer, but it doesn't seem like it worked, whatever she does. Right, right. Uh, (laughs) What if the Night King can somehow see through like a face that Arya has on or something Ah. like that? Or or, like the White Walkers can see through it. Um, And the fact that like she is doing something badass and we see her kicking ass something turns the tides against Arya that makes her freak out so much like we see in that trailer and she's covered in blood. It's such an interesting thing too because she's so weirdly excited to see this face of death and clearly she's going to see it and it's not really necessarily going to go her way. Because she's, you know, it's even the trailer, but not not taunting Gendry, but just kind of like flirting, but also like, (laughs) I'm not afraid of death. And there's a moment where she... Starts to like it. T- his tone changes to the point where she's like, "Ooh, okay, yeah, uh, this is happening. This is happening." Uh, um, Lon, I'll start with you here in our final big point here. Uh, sure. as, as we as we try to, you know, you've got a dog waiting for you I at do. home. Taco, and, and taco's taco. ready here. Um, this big thing of Brand saying, "Hey, here's what the part of what the Night King wants," which we talked about earlier. Here's the mark. He'll find me. I love Jamie's the only one who like does a like little like, huh? <laughs> Jamie again, the only one really interested in Brand. Um, and using Brand as bait is what we'll say. Uh, and this possibly being the final stand of the Battle of Winterfell at. The Hearts Tree, the one that Ned stood under, uh, you know, scraping so ice, poetic. and that might be our final spot here for this battle. Uh, Lon, do you think this is the right strategy? It's it's not a great strategy, as <laughs> as worked out. I mean, I think that the biggest problem is just that they don't really know what they're facing. Like they, they don't. They're great strategists when they're facing human armies. Yeah, but as John says right away in that meeting, like we can't really just face them. We've yeah. got to like figure out how to defeat them and then do that. They, but don't, they don't tire. Yeah. They but they don't, yeah. don't, yeah, they don't know what that is. You obviously can't. And we were talking about this before. Like what does a battle against undead zombies even look like? Like usually in a battle, it's like, cause they even say at one point during the preparation, like, well, maybe if we hold here, we can outlast, but you, you can't think yeah. they don't, they're not going to retreat. They're not going to get tired. You're not going to wear the dead. You can't do a battle of attrition or yeah. siege warfare against the dead. Cause they'll just wait you out. Right. So, and we've already seen, seen that, yeah. a version of that where the the Snowicide Squad was sort of stuck 
and they're surrounded by the dead. And it's like, they can't just wait forever. Right. As you would with a human adversary. And you get that sense of, um, that they'll just keep coming no matter what you do. Like, uh, in mm-hmm. infinity war and the battle of Wakanda, those aliens are, you know, like they're killing themselves. They'll just die yeah. and bow Out, the numbers. <laughs> they just keep, keep like going up against until they right. break down the defense that it's, it's, Danny said there's over a hundred thousand whites. They've right. got more because of Last Hearth and any other stragglers they've Mott, picked up yeah. along the uh, way. Damn Glover's getting picked <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah, Robert Glover. Right. Just so th- they're aware that like, and and I'm sure we're going to see. I mean, this 80 minute battle, and it, there's going to be mm-hmm. you know victories during it, and there's going to be many defeats, and there's going to be stages. And at a certain stage, some yeah. of them are getting into Winterfell. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's a Absolutely. given. But it's also part of what our heroes want. So. So it's going to be, wherein does that go wrong? Yeah. And yeah. Theon's going to pay the price. Ooh, I think yes. we're all pretty sure of that. Yes, and then the, who are the players in yeah. that last confrontation? And is it, they talk in the meeting about what what weapon are they using against the Night King once they spring this trap? And they're sort of hinting at dragons, mm-hmm. but they're unaware for because Bran says he doesn't know. No drag, we've never had a dragon versus the Night King situation, yeah, right. so we don't know what that looks like. And also, it's very clear that both Danny and John don't want to deploy the dragons in a general just go wreak well, havoc I mean, on that yeah. giant army because. It, we've seen what happens when the Night King can bring one down. There's a cost. There's a cost. Yeah. So the dragons are going to be used in a very strategic and interesting way, it appears. Um, it does look like they're, yeah. Danny and John will be riding them. I thought that nod at yeah. the end sort of hinted at, all right, let's go mount up <laughs> yeah. kind of a thing. But yeah, um, but yeah I, I'm really uh, excited about that last piece I, uh, in the Godswood. I, I love being at this point, you know, with a new Star Wars movie, I always get to this point uh-huh. where, we, t- we, you know, Force Center, we talk about speculate responsibly to not, not, not let your expectations derail right. your enjoyment of the story. But I love I love expectations and speculations. Mm-hmm. I'm almost at that point where I hate that this episode is happening because I just want to spend <laughs> my life not trying to guess what's yeah. happening. And we're going to get the answers and it's going to be better than I could expect it. But oh, Andres, you're going to you're not going to be with me, you might, but you might have to hold my hand next oh, week. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm also along with a whole bunch of our characters. Uh, that's the thing. I kind of want to go there. I kind of want to know what, who you guys think is gonna die I, I i told my roommate that i don't i really feel like this episode wasn't just everything we've just talked about for the past i don't know how long 14 hours yeah <laughs> I, I all of that plus it's also very much on purpose to dis- break our hearts like destroy our hearts yes. yeah. because i really do feel like Almost everyone who got a moment in this episode is going to die. Um, I think Tormund's a goner. Sorry, buddy. Um, I mean, Grey Worm, obviously. But what I told my roommate, I don't think they're just, they didn't just give us this beautiful episode to just kill them off. I think it's going to be like gore, Oberyn Martell times 10. I think we're going to see people ripped in half. I mean, Tyrion sort of foreshadows it. Like that's, he literally yeah. says, I think I'm going to be ripped in half. apart. And then he's like, I think we're literally yeah. going to see limbs ripped off our Ooh. favorite characters <laughs> <laughs> and their guts ripped out and stuff that we see in like gory already movies. I think it's going to be that crazy. Yeah. And obviously I, I can't wait for the, I, I think the conclusion yeah. that we're reaching to yeah. is the battle at the Weirwood tree. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be John and Bran versus the Night King or something like that, where and it's one on one. 
Yeah. Push me, push me, John. Push me. <laughs> no, I think he's gonna somehow. I think yeah. Brand's got a trick up. His I, 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 think I think he's gonna the, touch yeah. the or tree time. and be like, "I want to be next to this tree for a reason. For a reason, yeah. I'm gonna touch it and warg into something, or, or not, maybe he or goes dragon. goes yeah. back yeah. to the original moment mm-hmm. that he was already witnessed, and maybe mm-hmm. kills the Night King in that moment. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think st- he's gonna. Let's just say I think he's gonna tap into the werewolf yeah. tree for some sort of or powerful reason. A girl, Melisandre, shows up with a flaming spear. I so don't know. Final, call. final moments here. Let's, it's, it's, oh, just, no let's do this. We'll go round table here. Uh, about a minute here. Uh, prediction on a, a victor or a, a defeat or an escape. Just what you think in general and maybe a big death that you're expecting, Lon. Uh, I think longtime Sir Jorah fan. Yeah. I think we're going to see. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's going to make it, Mm-mm. but I do think we're going to see some pretty incredible Heartsbane action before he this. goes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think one thing we didn't talk about on, yeah. on this particular episode is we know and they know we have certain characters who've got Valerian steel. Right. Yeah. It's an important resource to have. Those are going to be key figures in this battle. Obviously, right. we talked about. Brienne and Jamie both are going to be fighting side by side with Widow's Whale and yep. Oath Keeper, uh, which, by the way, combined to make ice, ice. which is back at Winterfell. Yes. Oh, yes. Cool. Nice yep. little nod to that. <laughs> yep. uh, and then, yeah, Heartsbane, I think. The other thing about, and, and there was a whole fan theory that we talked about, or uh, not on this show, but on the yeah. other show, uh, that Jorah is Azora High. Yeah, Did you guys silly. see that? It's silly. I think that's silly. <laughs> but I do think that there is something to the idea mm-hmm. that he may have to mm. kill Daenerys. I don't oh know if this is this God. week. Oh, my God. But I do, there is something Long about has. that. That Because the sword's name is Heart's I Bane. know. The, the, what would I be know, the, the bane, the of, bane of the heart? Just like a bane of a giant. And so we, we, yeah. we that's right. We didn't talk about the milk. Oh, milk. we didn't talk about There's the importance that, of giant's milk. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you're saying uh, you're saying I'm not saying that's not a definite prediction, but it no, does. No. It does. I mean, uh, my uh, definite no, prediction is we're going to have some, dead. yeah, some some Sir Jorah action. This and then, week do you think this is a clean victory for the the living or the dead or a? push and a lot of yeah. running away. I think there, I don't, I definitely don't think it's like we won. I yeah. think that yep, it's no. going to be, there's some sort of mm-hmm. maybe the bulk of the, the dead are taken out, but there, there's some end game. Okay. This, after like this, Can't wait for uh, yeah, there, there's some, there's some continued threat after this. I don't think it's just going to be Cersei comes in with the golden company. And now we've got another like fight it. because how anticlimactic would that be? Right. I think there's going to have to be some sort of, well, we've, we've, Held the dead. We're alive. We got to get south or something. Okay, Andres. I mean, obviously, everything I just said about we're going to see some crazy deaths. I mean, one one more time, Mm -hmm. I will say I will pour out a glass for Grey Worm, my boy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Also, can I just say, and I know Rachel was going to mention this. I stole it. I'm sorry, Rachel. (laughs) But if I will watch everyone get killed 20 times over. If they kill Ghost, I will <laughs> scream. I will throw my TV out the uh, window. I don't care about any human left. I got bad news for your TV in my world. Right? Ghosts look a little smaller on he screen. He did. He was, I don't think it was CG. I, don't, I think this was like non-CG They just ghost. got a big wolf. Look, yeah. man, All right. look, man, they're saving that budget for next week. So I'm okay. Yeah, we, got just, we got dragon on dragon. It's yeah. just relative to the size totally of the yeah, other totally people. Agree. It was like oh, it's usually. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be what Lon said. I think mm-hmm. there will be a minor victory as far as taking out a few generals. Where 
I think sure. 65% of the, of the white walkers are dead, of the yeah. whites are dead. Yeah. And, I mean, and I think living humans getting away from Winterfell sure. is a victory. Is, is, I, is, I think is, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I think we're going to see the death of major, major, major characters, characters, but they'll oh, still sure. escape and, and some sort of fight the other yeah, day. It's hard to imagine a version where nobody. Does. Yeah. I'm on board <laughs> with that. My big guaranteed death that I, that I think is going to happen is, is uh, George is a good one there. I, I, I might, uh, I might go with uh, Tormund there as well too. I think that's good. Uh, Rachel, take us home on, on your final thoughts on the battle. Yeah, I just I can't picture this series um, without the Night King uh, bringing winter south. Mm-hmm, like I, mm-hmm. I feel like there that there's a continuation of that, and that this battle is mm-hmm. is going to be a big loss, and yeah. that you know their plans going to go awry. I even could see you know the Night King achieving his goal and killing Bran. Yeah. You know, and, and them having to come to terms with that. And what does that mean that comes next? And I think that that would be a blow to John's, you know, uh, uh, he, he'll feel like a failure. Right. I feel like, you know, so I feel like it's, I mean, so many, it, basically anybody who's out in the field. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think Davos is manning the castle, Tyrion's inside, but Bran's out there. Jamie's out there, Jorah's out there, Grey Worm's out there, um, and and I fear for for them all. I suppose if we're talking a little bit of plot armor, Jamie probably has the most of those characters because of the unresolved mm-hmm. Cersei of it all. But um, but I also feel like they gave him such a definitive end to his arc this episode that if he goes, I wouldn't be hugely surprised. I'd be devastated. But mm-hmm. that's where we're at at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I feel like this is a a devastating blow. Things are not going to go the way that they want. Maybe Danny loses a dragon and she's down to one. Mm, I feel like point. somebody, uh, honestly, like I see like Melisandre showing up and leading them through the tunnels and, and getting you, them away in some you. way. Because she could have a vision about it because she's also the one who talked about the vision of John being on the walls of uh-huh. Winterfell again yes, in yes. that season. So we'll meet again. I, I, yeah, and I then did. she's the one and... Yeah. Um, and maybe her and Beric and like, you know, the real battle is between the Lord of light and the Lord of darkness. And, and the, she might and the, die in the process. The great other. Just, yeah. And, 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 yeah. and that's embodied by the night King. So the great battle yeah. is yeah. between those she, two things. She and Varys have to die yes. and it has to involve the Lord of light there in some go. way. There Come we on. Go. We've been set I, up for too much. Yeah. He's got that sorcerer in a box. Yeah. Something's happening. I can't wait till we're all, all disappointed for our predictions. And, and yeah, yep, that's you're, what's you're one, your one death, Rachel. Your um, one guaranteed pick to click lock of the week. All right, we've already said we Tormund, Jorah, Jorah, Tormund. Grey Worm. Oh crap! Um, Barrack. Yeah. Barrack. I, th- I think he yeah. he he does I think something. He's gonna do something I th- cool. Though. I think he could do something <laughs> yes. cool. Like yes. I think he could. Yes. I'm spoiling something from the books. Is that okay? Yeah. Go okay. For it. Um, he gives up his. Life right. to bring back Lady Stoneheart yeah. uh, in in the books, so he gives up his to bring back somebody oh, yeah. that's important for Thoros later ain't on. Here to bring Something you back, like right? Yeah. We, we've been counts. reminded several times Sometimes. now that his uh, his resurrector is gone. Uh, right, exactly. He's on his last life. A lot of things left on the table. We understand that if you're listening now and you ask that question, hey, why didn't you talk? Well, we uh, we got to get going. We got to get going. <laughs> Hound, Tacos in uh, desperate need. Yeah, we got to do that there. So uh, that is it for this week. We are gonna we are gonna we're gonna find it all out. We'll be with you next week in Casterly Talk. Uh, thank you, Tom for ruminations from the realm. Andres Cabrera, they can follow you on Twitter and your shows? Yes, uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Squad Leader Race. Follow me over on YouTube at First Cut and the Mean Enough Podcast on the Collider Factory YouTube channel. Absolutely, check it out. Rachel Cushing. 
I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Rachel J. Cushing, and I occasionally pop up on a thing called the Movie Trivia Schmodown. Look that up on YouTube. <laughs> Where you are, the crusher. Mr. Lon Harris. Uh, find me on Twitter at L-O-N-S, and if you want to hear even more Game of Thrones talk, we do Watching Thrones every Monday morning at 11. Absolutely, with a great crew. Uh, shout out to Michelle Boyd. Uh, we'll be talking Game of Thrones with her here. You can follow me at Ken Knapsack, uh, and go to my new website, actually updated website, KenNapsack.com, get information on uh, my charity spotlight, and also my book, Why We Love Star Wars, out May 15th. All right, that's it. It's time to fight the Night King.